Welcome back to Broken Messenger. Today's message is going to dig into the life of Daniel and answer the question, why do we fast? Perhaps you've never fasted, or you fasted 12 on and 12 off to lose weight or to eat healthier. Perhaps you fasted with others without fully understanding the why. Or perhaps you have fasted to seek God's wisdom, from, and from that you have seen him do great things in your, in your life. Wherever you are in these situations, I hope this podcast is an encouragement or a challenge to each listener. And if you have a preconceived notion on what fasting is or isn't, I challenge you to listen with an open heart and an open mind. But before we jump into the book of Daniel, I wanted to just point out that all throughout scripture, we see people who call for a fast or are fasting. In Joel, we see him calling on the people of Judah to have a holy fast for an unstated amount of time. In the book of Esther, we see that Esther instructs Mordecai to call the Jews to fast. She says, do not eat or drink for three days or nights. Daniel fasted for 21 days by not eating no, by eating no choice foods, no meat, no wine, and no lotions. Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. Jesus himself also fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. How, when, why someone fasts truly is between themselves and God. You can do it because someone tells you to, but your heart won't be in the right position. You can do it for health reasons, but then you're dieting, not biblical fasting. When speaking of the how we fast, I thought it best to see what Jesus says about fasting. In Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18, he says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Some important things to point out in this scripture. Notice the use of the word when. When implies that something for sure is going to happen. The time is just unknown. So when is not a possibility of something happening. Jesus doesn't say if, he says when, which means there will be a time when we are to fast. We can also notice something important by what is missing um, from the scripture, if you will. It doesn't, Jesus doesn't say fast for four days and four nights. The other thing missing is what to fast. He doesn't say eat no bread or drink no water like Moses and Esther did. He didn't say to eat no cho- choice foods like Daniel did. So what does it tell us to do? They're kind of easy to list out. Do not look somber. Wash your face so not to be obvious. So evidently, what fasting looks like, the how long and the what items, is left up to you and God. So let's take a look at another scripture where Jesus is talking about fasting. In Matthew 9, 14 through 17, we see Jesus interacting with John the Baptist's disciples. They question, they're questioning Jesus. It says, Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment and make the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. So Jesus is telling us there is a proper time to fast and a time to not fast. In this example, Jesus is with them. They are soaking in the moment and spending time um, with Jesus. But a time will come when Jesus will not be there and then they will fast. When fasting, then, 
We fast then during a time in which we need or want to draw closer to God. When we are struggling with hearing his voice over a decision that needs to be made or in need of guidance and discernment in hard situations, or as we'll see in Daniel, we are searching for wisdom for what God has already given us or where he has placed us. That is when we should be fasting. So while there is no right way or wrong way to fast in regards to the length and manner in which to fast, there is a wrong heart motive and a right heart motive. If you are fasting for others to see and give the attention to, as Jesus said, you are the hypocrites who will go out of their way to show others that they are fasting. If you decide to fast and how long to fast and in what manner to fast without careful time and prayer, then you're doing it for selfish reasons and have the wrong heart. The only right way is to seek from God how how to fast. He will reveal the mission, the purpose, and the how-to. Daniel is widely known for being in the lion's den and the furnace, yet still emerging from both unharmed. The book of Daniel also has prophecy regarding the future times. That, by the way, is a really interesting and fear-knocking, God-revealing study that I love to, to look at and study. But today we're going to look at the part of scripture where Daniel... Um, fast and the results of his fasting. In chapter 7 of Daniel, we see he has a dream of four beasts. Chapter 7 verse 1 says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was laying in bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. God talks to us in many different ways. Never discount a dream as only a dream and put God in a box by saying it was just a dream. I know of three dreams that God has given me, and I know they were from him because even to this day, even though one of them was five years ago, I can still replay it just as vividly in my mind. I write about them in my first book, Bits and Pieces. The other reason I knew that they were not ordinary dreams was because of the way they made me feel. It was really hard to describe, but the second dream that I had had this overwhelming peace like I'd never felt before. And as I awoke um, with that peace, I slowly could begin to feel it um, draining from me as I, as, I was, as I got more awake. Anyways, I say all that to say this. Never think God does not speak to you by way of dreams. He very well may not. But if we say he doesn't, our mindset will run everything through that filter. And if he does, we'll miss it because we'll, we, have di- we have dismissed it as impossible. So in Daniel, we see that um, he has this dream while sleeping when he awakes he writes down the substance of the dream. He goes on to describe his dream. And in verse 15, he says, I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the meaning of all of this. You see, his dream troubled his spirit, his inner self, his mind and his soul. Because of this, he saw out what it meant. He didn't shrug it off and say, well, that was weird and creepy. Instead, he sought the meaning of it. The rest of chapter 7 goes on to give the interpretation of the dream. And with and in verse 28, we see what Daniel says in response to that. He says, This is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts, and my face turned pale, but I kept the matter to myself. A couple things to note here. You see, after the interpretation, he moves from troubled to deeply troubled. Sometimes the wisdom we receive is not what we want to hear, or it's difficult to receive. It isn't always rainbows and cupcakes and everything's going to be okay. The second thing to note here, he kept the matter to himself. His spirit was troubled and he kept the matter to himself. Until we are given clear directions, sometimes it's best to keep the matter to ourselves and let God to continue to work in us and in the situation. Two years later in chapter eight starts out with, 
In the third year of King Bezazar's reign, I, Daniel, had a vision after one that had already appeared to me. So note, this is the um, this is the second dream. And this time, it doesn't say one way or another that it was a dream, but just a vision. God can speak to us in many different ways. We must always be prepared and with an open heart and a longing to hear from God. Now let's talk about the elapsed time here. He said two, he, he's had two years to ponder on that first dream. We don't know for sure if more clarity came to him or if he spent that two years troubled in his spirit. Sometimes we want answers quickly, but sometimes, actually no at all times, we must wait on his timing. Sometimes it's quickly received, others at times it takes a long time, even years. Chapter 8 goes on to describe Daniel's vision of a ram and a goat. Then in verse 15, it's interesting, in both 7 and 8, the interpretation starts in verse 15. That's kind of neat. Anyways, in verse 15 through 18 of chapter 8, it says, While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one one who looked like a man, and I heard a man's voice calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. As he came near the place where I was standing, I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, Understand that the vision concerns the end of time. While he was speaking to me, I was in deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me and I raised to my feet. I can't help but wonder, was this dream inside of a dream? Or was he not dreaming when it started? But did his fear that left him prostrate, which means to bow down or crouch, did that put him into a deep sleep? It's kind of irrelevant. It just makes me wonder. Um, Chapter 8 ends with verse 27. It reads, I, Daniel, was worn out. I lay exhausted for several days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. Sometimes hearing from God and receiving visions and dreams is exhausting. It depletes us because we are mere humans. But during that time, the Holy Spirit is working through us. And And in his power, we are strong. But in human power, we're nothing. We are weak. So in chapter 9, we hear Daniel's prayer. In verses 1 through 3, we see how Daniel handles the hard information. In the first year of Darius, son of exorcist, a Mede descent, who was made ruler of the Babylon kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, and the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. So Daniel received visions and dreams, but it said he understood the scriptures. In order to even begin to understand the scriptures, we first have to read scripture. I think I say it in every episode in one fashion or another, but we all must read scripture for ourselves. It is the only way that we're going to know false teachers and prophets from real prophets and teachers. It will be the only way that we can stand in the end. We won't stand if we are not rooted in truth. Just as I talked earlier about not saying God doesn't talk to me through dreams, when, when we say, I just don't understand it, so I don't read it, you are running everything through the filter of, I can't understand it. It is a lie from the pit of hell, because we do not, if we do not understand it, so we don't read it, how then will we ever understand it? You can't win the race if you quit before you even start, and that's where Satan wants us to stay. He didn't just understand the scripture, though. It says he turned to the Lord God, pleaded in prayer and petition, I've always struggled with that word petition. I guess maybe in my uneducated mind, I correlate it with picketing. I have no idea why, but I do. But I try to remind remind myself that the definition of petition with the scripture, you have not because you've asked not. Petition is to come before God with the desires of your heart. So he he, he brought prayer and desires to his heart to God. He said he did this by fasting and in sackcloth and ash. 
Here it doesn't say how long he fasted or how he did or what he fasted, but we can see that he is grieved by the destruction of Jerusalem, and it is because of this that he turns to God and seeks him, his wisdom, his power, and his provisions in the situation. As for the sackcloth and ashes, this takes a little historical knowledge. The sackcloth used in conjunction with the ashes was to, was used to demonstrate grief over sin, like repentance during a national emergency or distress. Though through verse 19, we see Daniel's prayer, which is really good, and I suggest reading it on your own. But starting in verse 19, we see the end of his prayer. And then in 20, we see the result of the prayer. I'm going to read um, chapter 9 from 19 to 23. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people of Israel and making my request to the Lord, my God, his holy, on his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said, Daniel, I have now come to give you an insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the words and understand the vision. It says, as soon as you began to pray, a word went out. Never underestimate the power of prayer. There is a world around us that we cannot see, we cannot hear, and we cannot even touch. The power of prayer goes way beyond just our ears and God's ears. Notice, though, that it doesn't say, because you were fasting, I have come. The fasting draws us closer to God. It crucifies self and allows us to be more focused on God and his word and his, his plan and be better prepared to hear his word. Gabriel goes on to give Daniel insight and wisdom through the rest of chapter 9. And chapter 10 starts out in verse 1. The third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true and concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. So we see here that God spoke to him in a revelation, but the understanding came in a vision. Two different times, two different ways. We must not determine how, when, or how often God talks to us. I'm going to read verse 2 through 12. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Here we learn for how long and in what manner Daniel fasted. Continuing on, it says, On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing at the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam in the burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at the great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. So now we know that this vision was not a result of a dream, as other people were there, but they were too scared to stick around. Daniel, though, he didn't run away. Continuing on in the scripture, Then I read him, Speaking, Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. My face fell to the ground. I, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Even though he didn't run away, we can see here that he, that didn't mean he wasn't scared. He just crucified himself and, and stayed. Continuing in the scripture, it says, 
He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have not, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said to this to me, when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. And that there is one of the most beautiful things in scripture. It says, you who are highly esteemed. Now, remember, this had been going on for a very, very long time. This wasn't a couple hours or even days or even weeks or months, but years. And it said, since the first day that you set your mind, the very first day he set his mind to gain understanding and wisdom, he was heard. He didn't have to fast the first time for an undetermined amount of time. He didn't have to fast for the three weeks like he did on the second time. He had to set his mind and humble himself before God. Those other things, the fasting was part of how he carried out his efforts to humble himself. But it wasn't the fight, the fasting that brought Gabriel or God to, um, to come with him, to come with it wasn't fasting that brought Gabriel or God to come to him with insight. My study, define, my study Bible defines humble as being not proud or arrogant, having spirit of submission or dif- difference to bring into submission. You see, fasting is about humbling yourself before God. Fasting is a way in which we submit our bodies to the authority of God. We lower our desires and lift up our Lord's desires. And when we do that, when we fast and we make up our mind to gain wisdom from God, From the very first day, our prayer will be heard, and God sets in motion to deliver on that prayer. However, he does does that on his time. Never think that your fasting done with the right heart motive was purposeless. Never think that your prayers were unheard. Doing so puts God in a box, and he cannot be boxed. Doing so doesn't hinder God, but it hinders our ability to see the manifestation of our answered prayers, the fruit of, of humbling ourselves before God in fasting. I hope this episode has encouraged and convicted you to humble yourself and fast not in your own manner, but in a way that honors God, raises him up, and lowers ourselves. After all, Jesus said when you fast, not if. If if you are up against a battle, have a looming decision, given a vision or revelation that you don't understand, commit yourself to fasting the right way, and he will be faithful to hear, listen, and answer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Broken Messenger.